podcasts and get some of our on-demand audio. You, so you can subscribe to us with iTunes, also Google Play. Subscribe with us on Stitcher and find our podcast RSS feed at jagshow.com. We've got a great guest with us today here on our broadcast. He joins us live. He is an absolute, absolute amazing guy. We had him on our uh, uh, other radio broadcast fairly recently. We were discussing some of the different issues uh, with him. We wanted to bring him on today to discuss a lot, a lot of different issues. Why you're over there at jagshow.com. You need to check out Audible. Audible, you can get your free audio book by checking out Audible through our website. And uh, we'll get you taken care of over there as well. And uh, coming also today, we've got Jay Izzo, who's going to join us here to talk about uh, social media. And uh, Lawrence J. Fedewa is going to be with us here in a few moments. He's a Ph.D. He's a commentator on political and social issues of the day with over 100 columns in the Washington Times. As a speaker, he's addressed international audiences on both technical issues and current events. As a management consultant, the good doctor has worked with railroads, emerging nations, labor unions, and with professors, managers, politicians, and teachers. He maintains his active business career as a consultant after many years as a founder of a college and later as an international businessman. He lives on an Arabian horse farm near Washington, D.C., and uh, Lawrence J. Fedewa joins us here on our big program. Doctor, how are you today, my friend? Well, I'm just fine. How are you? Pretty good, actually. I am very excited to get you on the lineup media presentation today. Um, first of all, what stood out to me, uh, well, the two things stood out to me in your bio. Um, you founded a college, and you live on an, on, on a uh, Arabian horse farm. Tell us, first of all, how do you end up on an Arabian horse farm, my friend? Well, I grew up with Arabian horses, and uh, for 30 years I forgot I even knew how to ride. <laughs> okay. And then my uh, uh, one Christmas, my grown my daughters told me that she was going to learn how to ride a horse, and I was going to teach her. So wow. I learned, a long, I learned a long time ago that you do what women tell you. So I. <laughs> to go out and uh, we uh, I taught her how to how to ride a horse and in the process I remembered myself how much fun it was so uh, we then went out and looked all over and finally found some nice Arabian horses and uh, bought a farm and here we are that's awesome that is awesome we've got a uh, a great guest with us today now um, you found a college t- t- tell us about that how did that all get going for you well um, I was the uh, dean of a regular liberal arts college, and uh, they uh, decided that they that they wanted to uh, they wanted me to raise some money. So I I locked myself into a room for about a week, and I designed an entire college uh, on paper for uh, a federal grant, and the college wow. was for just for people over 25. Because uh, I had been watching all these dropouts, and every time a, a student dropped out of our little college, we were we were worried about it. So I decided to get on the other end of it and pick all those people up after they dropped out. Now they wanted to come back. So uh, 
we started a college that uh, had a whole lot of new things to it, and uh, we were a raging success. That is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Now, um, how, how do you get uh, involved in writing and, and, and doing some things at the Washington Times? Well, um, after that, I uh, went into uh, the, I, the uh, international uh, uh, representative for Control Data Corporation, which was a computer company. Okay. And uh, then from that, I, uh, I started a company in uh, Washington, D.C. to be uh, as a federal contractor. Okay. And then I, after I, I finally sold that company and uh, was looking around, and in the meantime, I had started to write some uh, op-eds for a friend of mine in Colorado that was at a, uh, at a blog uh, program, and uh, the Washington Times saw it, and they picked me up, and they wanted me to write for them, so I started to do that, and I've been doing it ever since. Well, I'll tell you, you you you've got some uh, some some good pieces. You you you've done a heck of a lot with uh, some of the different topics and things. What do you make of the outgoing presidential administration? Give me your thoughts on that. Well, uh, I I uh, very impressed with the fact that uh, uh, our friend uh, Barack Obama has not learn really much except that he is still the savior of the, of the nation and uh, he's now being uh, forced into uh, oblivion and and he doesn't like it so he's going out and telling us all the stuff that he did and no one can understand what he's talking about but he sure believes <laughs> Well, uh, it, 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 it is an interesting uh, conversation today with Dr. Fedwin. He, uh, he joins us live here on lineupmedia.fm and uh, jagshow.com. Jay Izzo is going to be along here in a few moments as well. To uh, He'll be with us in, uh, towards the end of the broadcast to discuss uh, social media and, and take a look at this week in social media as far as highlights and, and, and things of that nature. Now, um, Doctor, what 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 have you heard as far as what your colleagues and folks like that have been uh, expressing to you about the upcoming uh, presidential administration? Give us your thoughts on that. Well, we are. Uh, I just I wrote a column last week about uh, how the uh, citizen government that uh, Donald Trump is putting together. Uh, is uh, very similar in, in uh, concept to our founding fathers. You know, uh, they were farmers and lawyers, and there weren't, wasn't a professional politician in the whole bunch. And uh, with a few exceptions, uh, those are the kind of people that uh, Trump is bringing into government. And I think we are going to see a lot of differences, a lot of differences in style as well as substance. I mean, can, uh, can you imagine a, a Marine Corps general as the uh, defense secretary and uh, somebody comes up and says, uh, well, uh, Mr. Secretary, I, I didn't get done because I, I just didn't have time or I, I didn't feel or I got sick or my wife had to go to the doctor. Uh, I don't think that's going to 
carry much weight with General uh, <laughs> Mathis. And uh, all this idea of uh, taking... The, the, the thing you have to understand about bureaucracy, whether it's in corporate or, or government, basically, they're, they're very low on risk-taking. They want to be sure that everybody agrees with what they're going to do so that if it goes wrong, nobody can point any fingers. That really is what takes an awful lot of time in uh, government, in the government uh, uh, management uh, circles. And frankly, uh, when you get guys like uh, uh, Tillerson or uh, or Mad Dog uh, Mathis or a lot of the other folks, uh, they are not going to. They are. That is not their their method. Their method is. Uh, we got to get it done. Let's go do it. And uh, if we make a mistake, we'll change it when we get there. Change it when you get there. That's right. Um, how, how do you, how do you think, Doctor, that uh, that Trump's new administration is going to impact uh, some of the things that have gone on the previous eight years? Well, I think I think uh, the first thing that's going to happen is that they are going to uh, rescind as many of the uh, uh, executive orders that uh, Mr. Obama put into place as possible uh, in however long it takes. I think that's probably going to start on the second day. The first day, as uh, Donald Trump said this morning, was uh, we're going to have fun at the, uh, at what he said is the incredibly beautiful uh, inauguration. Uh, uh, he is a man who really likes hyperbole. Uh, I, I, I guess we all know that. Uh, but anyway, uh, they are going to rescind the, the biggest problem, really, with uh, the, what what with government's interference in business, undue interference in business. One of the main byproducts is that it takes so long to make any kind of decision because. If you're going to ask the government for a decision on anything that's at all controversial, yes, you're going to have to wait until they all figure out what they can say so that nobody has to take responsibility for it. And that just, and when you have you know, regulation after regulation after regulation, thousands of pages of regulations that have grown in the last eight years, uh, you, you're making it darn near impossible for uh, businesses to operate. And that, as much as anything, is what has slowed down the economy. So they're going to get rid of all that. They're businessmen. They understand that you have to get the job done, and you have to get it done uh, below budget and and below uh, and on time and below budget. And... Uh, <laughs> That's a whole new concept for the government. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Uh, Dr. Fedwa joins us here in our broadcast. He's a commentator on political and social issues of the day. He's got over 100 columns in the Washington T Times, and he's with us today here in our broadcast. Now, um, how are your columns uh, received over there? I, I, do, do you get a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of positive feedback, or do you have a, a lot of these uh, these haters and these trolls that uh, that that want to chat with you about, about your about your pieces? Well, uh, for a long time, I was one of the few uh, people that I think that 
really understood how to interpret the uh, Trump movement, and uh, so I I got a lot of uh, a lot of pushback from uh, all the people that thought he was an idiot, and uh, they were uh, they thought I was uh, I was uh, living in an alternative universe, and that's true, except that their alternative universe turned out to not be the real one. That you're right about that. So, uh, <laughs> you are completely that, right about that. But I also got a lot of re I got a lot of reinforcement from uh, just ordinary people that uh, made me believe that that I that that this thing was for real. And uh, now I'm getting uh, my my last column was about uh, repealing uh, and replacing Obamacare. And I've gotten in the Times. I've gotten a lot of response. <laughs> response on that. They, uh, it, my uh, my topic was, uh, this is what a free market health healthcare system might look like. And uh, I got rid of the employers, and I got rid of the government, and I got, <laughs> and I got everybody taking care of themselves with the help of their own savings and uh, and some tax breaks. And boy, did they, they don't like to hear that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And and see this this is the thing I'm hoping that the um, that the new administration coming in will apply a little bit, you know, different uh, different standards and different things similar to what you were saying there um, and 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 basically go through and and help the people that need the help but the people that don't need the help can can do what they need to do that that that's that's the one thing that i uh that i'm hoping that they fix with the uh with the upcoming administration we've got dr fedwa with us today here in our broadcast he joins us live here talking uh about all sorts of different things uh he is uh he is well versed in current events and uh he is joining us today here on our lineup media presentation uh check out audible as we mentioned uh pick up a uh, a brand new audio book over there at audible.com and uh dr Fedra with us today here on our broadcast discussing uh all sorts of different things and uh he is a he is a heck of a writer uh you need to go over there and check out. He is a, a conservative political columnist, and he's uh, with us today here in our broadcast. Now, um, give us a historical perspective on some of today's political issues, um, because th- 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 there is there is a lot to look for in history. Um, you mentioned earlier how Trump is sort of set up uh, his cabinet as, as similar to other presidents. Um, give, give, give us your thoughts on some of the other different uh, political issues of the day and how they impact with history. Well, I think the, I think the overriding issue that we're looking at right now is that we have had a uh, ever since 1948, the American government has and people have decided to uh, uh, really basically provide the safety and the, uh, the uh, defense as well as, a, as well as a lot of reconstruction of the rest of the, uh, of the world. And we did it. Uh, we did it. We, I think history will tell that it was one of the greatest achievements of the 20th century was that we avoided World War III after having one and two happen within 20 years of each other. Yes. Uh, 
and we avoided it. We went all that time, and we actually won. And uh, that is an accomplishment that uh, we should not ever be taken uh, lightly. But the other problem is that once we got into the habit of of, of taking over the expenses for the whole the whole uh, program, which is not only a no-cost nuclear shield, but also a free trade policy to uh, try to reconstruct the uh, economies of uh, of the war that, uh, the, of the nations that had suffered uh, much much from the war. And unfortunately, it was a free trade for everybody but us. I mean, we uh, we ended up paying all the tariffs to the other guys, and they never paid paid any to us. And come. Uh, the, uh, the the wall in Berlin came down in 1989, and we have not, we did not change, and we still haven't really changed our mentality as to uh, who is supposed to be taking care of the rest of the world at the expense of the American pu public. So what happened was we couldn't afford this anymore, and we ended up getting nearly a trillion dollars in uh, you know, twenty trillion dollars in deficit. In, in uh, I mean, in uh, national debt. So somebody has to come in there and say, wait a minute, the Cold War is over. We have got to start uh, putting America first instead of putting the whole world first. And uh, that really, I think, is what is behind the whole Trump movement. And I think that's what Trump is, is the only was the only candidate that talked about that. No, in spite of all the Republicans and the Democrats, nobody else really put their finger on what we've got to do to, uh, why, how we got into this mess and what we've got to do to get out of it. So I'm, I'm looking for a lot of, a lot of innovation here and not, not just in the economy either. Uh, foreign policy is a big part of what our problem has been over the years. Now, for example, uh, I... Yes, go, go at, ahead, my friend. Go ahead. Yeah, for example, I, I look at, you know, the the establishment, the foreign policy establishment is still looking. They look at the uh, developments in Syria and they say, yeah, here we've got <clears throat> we've got Turkey and Syria and and Russia making the decisions about uh, the uh, the Syrian civil war, and my gosh, oh boo hoo, they're le they're leaving Americans out of it. I guess my my first reaction would be, well, what are Americans doing it in the first place? You know, we 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 don't need the, the we got into the Middle East because we needed oil. We wanted to protect our our supply lines, but we don't need that anymore. Uh, we are we if you let let take the the shackles off of our energy industry, we've got more energy than everybody else in the world put together. Yeah. So, you know, we've got to rethink our. Uh, our our foreign policy as well as our uh, as our trade policy. What what do you make of uh, some of the I I, I guess we, we refer to them as Republicans here. <laughs> what 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 do you make of some of the Republicans with the uh, with the situation of um, how they they have kind of went in and, and wanted to to duke it out with with Trump on, on one big issue. I know that when, when President Obama uh, first got elected, or maybe it was even a re-election, 
um, he pushed for an infrastructure um, redo. He he wanted to fix the roads, the bridges, you know, get things going. Uh, his his view on that was if we if we did this, we'd put people back to work and uh, we would we would get some jobs going and people can pay taxes and you know we'd get things economy going again. And the Republicans went in and they said, no, we're not doing that because that's going to, you know, it's going to cause all sorts of problems and the, 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 the deficit's going to go up. And oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Trump, when he first got elected, uh, mentioned something about how we ought to he, he'd come up with a similar package. And he said, you know, this is what we need to do. We need to get the infrastructures falling apart, the, uh, the situation out in Michigan with the water supplies screwy. He's like, we need, to, we need to fix the roads, the bridges, and everything. And the Republicans went in and said, well, if something like that comes to us, we're not going to support it. How, how does, uh, w- w- first of all, w- what, are, what are your thoughts on the Republicans didn't want to support the Democrat, now they don't re- want to support somebody in their own party. Are they really... Just not interested in playing ball here, or how, how do you look at this, Doctor? Well, if you recall, uh, the uh, the big uh, shovel-ready projects that uh, Obama was talking about, they, they actually got the money for it. Yeah. Uh, the money got through Congress, but then they, 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 they he, he, as he pointed out later, he said that there weren't so many shovel-ready projects. Well... The reason was that all the all the money went to the uh, went to the banks. Yeah. The uh, yeah. Uh, that is not going to be the problem with with Trump. Trump is going. Uh, and the other the other factor, by the way, is there the budget hawks are the ones that are worried about uh, worried about the infrastructure idea. He's talking about putting a billion dollars into uh, infrastructure, but. Uh, his, his original way of looking at that was to uh, use private money and sell uh, very similar to municipal bonds, uh, except these would be federal bonds like we did in World War II. You know, we had the, uh, the big uh, U.S. bond uh, push. Yes. That, that's the way he was talking about doing the infrastructure now. I haven't heard a lot about that recently, so I, I don't know exactly where that stands. Well, I th- I think what they're I, I think after he got a little bit of pushback, I I think he's just going to wait until he gets in there, and then he's going to bring it up again, which which might be a, a, a sound idea. Um, yeah. Now, with with the uh, incoming administration, what, what do you think their major problems are going to be whether it's uh working with republicans and democrats or what 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 do you think is going to be some of the major issues they are going to have coming in well i think the major issue is that the democrats have sworn war they've declared war on 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 the trump administration and uh they're going to try to slow things down everything he wants to do he as he's already proven uh, he's not a guy that likes to wait around. Uh, he's definitely a man of action. Yes. And I think I think that it, the the uh, real the real uh, conflict in the next six months, at least, is going to be the hurry up Trump people against the slow down Democrats. And 
far as the Republicans are concerned, generally speaking, uh, there are very few Republicans that are not on the Trump wagon now. Uh, you could put Lindsey Graham on there and probably John McCain to a lesser extent, but for the most part the Republicans are all united and it's really the Democrats that are all splintered all over the place. Uh, and whether the Democrats have the ability to slow things down the way uh, Chuck Schumer is talking about, uh, uh, I think that's a big question and I think that's going to be the major conflict. It's really more a, a conflict of style and, uh, and uh, accountability than it is uh, policy because uh, uh, there's no question that that the uh, the Trump administration is going to be pushing policies that are absolute uh, heresy to uh, the Democrats. But um, the Democrats theoretically don't they really can't stop very much. Uh, they they're uh, in a minority in both significant minorities in both houses of Congress and uh, I think that but there there will be some really really crucial battles, particularly I see that the first one being the uh, naming of a Supreme Court replacement for Scalia. Uh, and there will be a number of those, but it's going to be one right after another. Uh, he's going to be trying to do things, radical things, and doing them in a hurry. He wants to cut taxes, he wants to, and that's by the way where the uh, budget hawk uh, issue comes up, is when you want to cut taxes, he wants to cut them to 15 percent for corporate tax and and they say that 25 percent is the lowest they can go without affecting another uh, trillion dollar uh, trillion dollars in deficit or in, in national debt so th there are going to be a lot of skirmishes and uh, uh, but I, I think the fundamental thing is going to be whether the, whether the Democrats can slow can slow down the Trump uh, locomotive. We've got uh, Dr. Federal with us today here on Lineup Media. Check out lineupmedia.fm. Also, check out jagshow.com. That is going to be your best spot to uh, get our RSS feed, download some of our past podcast programs, and uh, check it out, jagshow.com. And do your shopping with Amazon. Check out Amazon through our link, we get a uh, credit to help pay some production costs, and you get connected with the great products at Amazon.com. Now, Doctor, um, let's talk racism uh, and, and race and, and everything in America. I know that you, you've you wrote extensively about this. I've heard you on some other broadcasts where you've talked about this. Um, what, what, what do you make of the current race issues that we have in the United States? Well, I, I think it... Uh I think it's uh, really, it's, it's unfortunately very uh, tense right now. And uh, I, I, I ascribe a lot of that to, uh, to the uh, Obama, particularly when uh, Eric Withholder was the Attorney General. Uh, between Holder and, and Obama, I think they really set, set the scene for a tremendously uh, uh, acrimonious relationship between uh, the black races and the white and black races, but I really think that the issue is you can't, I don't believe you can really uh, hit that head on because you've got people that uh, 
really make a religion out of, as part of their religion is to uh, attack all white people, even if they're white. Uh, because there are a lot of liberals, uh, very far left liberals too, that uh, also attack white people. Uh, because uh, they think that there's this, uh, what they call institutional racism. And there's, there's really no way you can, you can disabuse them of that because, you know, it's, it's like telling somebody that believes in God that there's no God. You can t tell them that all day, but they're not, never going to believe you. Unfortunately, uh, these people have the same attitude toward uh, white supremacy. So uh, I think that the, the answer is basically prosperity. Because if we can get everybody back to work and everybody's starting to feel like the future is there for them and that they've got a, uh, a real stake in this, in this uh, country, uh, I, I believe that, that the racial tension will dissipate of its own accord because people will be too uh, happy and too busy to worry about it. We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our lineup media presentation. And uh, well-educated, well-knowledged uh, Lawrence Fedwa with us today, Washington Times uh, columnist. And uh, he's with us today here on our big broadcast. Now, um, a lot happened during the uh, run-up to the presidential campaign. A lot of folks were... You know, big Bernie supporters, and I and I've talked about on this on this program and many other programs about the fact the rise of NPR among young people and how they they kind of love the fact that well yeah the rich get richer the poor get poor so we just need socialism. Um, tell us a little bit about the dangers of European socialism because uh, I know you've written about it extensively in the past. Well. It, it the, the basis of all of this discussion is is really one word, and that is profits. Yes. All, all taxes come out of profits that businesses make. If, if businesses don't make any profits, there's nothing that, that the, the taxes can, uh, there's no place for taxes. So you have to have incentive for people to make the sacrifices and uh, apply their talents and their time and their creativity toward uh, make t toward business, toward trying to make successful businesses. And we have been, in our history, we, we have been enormously successful, uh, uh, much more so really than, than any, uh, any other society, including Europe, uh, because we have always had this, this vision of, of a better future and a, and and a, uh, a work ethic, and and a technological increasing technological superiority, uh, to uh, give us hope that that we are going to uh, that for for which we are then going to work hard and and a lot of us have made it, and so that is the key to uh, the that is the key to government as well as the key to society. And when you're a socialist and you say that uh, you are simply going to give, take all the tax money that you can get, uh, which means essentially to be raping profits from, from uh, successful businesses. And, and in fact, then you begin to nationalize businesses like they did in uh, Britain uh, for up until uh, Margaret Thatcher. 
and there isn't any profit. When the profit runs out, so does the entire uh, funding of government, and that's what happened in Greece, it's happening in Spain, uh, it's uh, close to happening in a half a dozen other, other uh, countries, including France, by the way. So uh, the socialists just don't, they don't, they do not understand that you must have profit, you must have profitable businesses in order to uh, sustain all of the public services they want to provide. And in order to get public, in order to get profitable businesses, you have to have people that are willing to make the sacrifices to do that. And if you take away the profit incentive, uh, people don't do it, and that's uh, that's uh, that's human nature, and they just can't seem to understand that. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Dr. Lawrence Fedowa joins us, Washington Times conservative commentator. He uh, joins us here on our big broadcast. And uh, each and every week we bring you an extraordinary guest and uh, thoughtful, educated-filled guest. And this week we have Dr. Fedowa with us today. He is amazing. And uh, tell us a little bit about some of the uniqueness of America's domestic capitalism. I know that we've been talking a lot about money and the economy and you mentioned earlier about uh the the energy situation which which you hit right on the head uh the united states has all sorts of uh you know everything from renewable energy to oil to natural gas things of that nature um tell us about the uniqueness of america's democratic capitalism well um this is of course a, a a fairly complicated topic but uh, the the fundamental issue is how do you how do you incentivize people to uh, get get to get to work together with each other and to provide uh, the, the the synergies that requ- that are required for a successful civilization and all sorts of things have been tried most of history that was done by force. You had the uh, aristocracy, and no matter whether you called them the uh, caliphs or the kings or the uh, dictators or the uh, mirrors, whatever it was, you had people in power who were the vast minorities, very small minority generally, and they were in fact uh, by force making everybody else do the work. And that just... Uh, Basically, is that's that has that was the way that that uh, most societies were were organized until really uh, the United States came along, uh, and we were we were basically a a uh, civilization that was uh, characterized by the people that uh, had left Europe for the most part and come over here because something was wrong. They, they were either uh, restless because they were, they were too, they didn't find the, the uh, challenges in, uh, in their, whether they were at the, in the nobility and, and they had all the money and everything they needed and they were just bored, uh, but they wanted, they wanted excitement, they wanted risk, they wanted adventure. And then you had the people that came over as adventured servants, and they, of course, had nothing to gain uh, back uh, in Europe. There was so 
The people that came here were the adventuresome people, the people that had imagination and vision and were and uh, were and courage, the courage it took to leave everything that you knew and uh, to try out something else. And those people then, when they decided that they wanted to make a government, they were against the idea of having somebody lord it over them. The, the, the principal motto of American Americans right from the beginning has been liberty, freedom, personal freedom. Get off of my back. Don't tell me what to do unless uh, unless I agree to do it. And that then becomes uh, the possibility for that means that you cannot have a ruling class. You cannot have people that are just simply going to be born to uh, a position where they take where it, they lord it over you and you you can't do anything about it. So you have to set up a dynamic. You have to set up a dynamic that says, uh, here is the freedom that we all want, and yet we, have, we can't be completely free because if we're so individualistic, then we don't have any government, we don't have any limits, we don't have any uh, uh, values, we don't have any law, and we don't have any order. And law and order then becomes the way in which we govern uh, uh, all of these different people that want to go different directions. So, the, so how do you get people? How do you get the people that are doing the law and order? You elect them. If you elect the people that uh, are, have the uh, power of government, uh, then uh, they you, they have to be unelectable too. You have to be able to have a, a peaceful transition of power like we're having right now. But the other piece of it is. You also have that freedom has to have uh, incentive to uh, to uh, to uh, be productive and to go out and to try new things and to try to expand and and uh, and uh, have a uh, have a have a bigger, better life. That is capitalism. Capitalism has provided a a an economic system where. If people can uh, have enough get up and go, they can do it. They can get up and they can go. <laughs> yes. So uh, the dynamic or the tension that is between order on the one hand and freedom on the other hand. The way we've, we've done it is we have capitalism as a economic system, which is free, which is free trade, which is uh, uh, allows people to uh, try to do whatever they can and go as big as they want to be and and we found out that that the be best the very best motivation for people to go out and work hard and try to do things is to try to feed their family and take care of their own and that is really the basis of capitalism in the United States and that is the reason that we have to preserve it because that is that is the motivation that keeps us from being uh, a bunch of lazy uh, know-nothings. So I don't know. That's a very brief. Uh, <laughs> not, no, that is that, that is that is excellent. I, uh, I that that was exactly that was exactly what I was looking for there, Doctor. Now, um, uh, you've written some books. Tell us a little bit about some of the different books you've written. Well, I only have. 
I uh, only have one of them out right now, and it's it's about something entirely different. <laughs> it has nothing to do with politics. It was uh, it's a, uh, a it's, it's from my academic years. Uh, it's a study of uh, the thought of uh, H. Richard Niebuhr, who was a, uh, a brilliant uh, Christian philosopher in uh, the middle of the century, and. Uh, he uh, was very influenced by by the German uh, personalism, and uh, and he he uh, was able to reconcile a, a number of very uh, contradictory, seemingly contradictory uh, issues, such as uh, subjectivism. And people say, well, you can, if you're subjective, that means you don't believe in, in uh, absolute reality. How can you believe in a God or in a, in a moral code if, uh, if you uh, believe, if you're a relativist? Well, his, his answer to that was, just because I look at the, at the house from my own point of view doesn't mean that the house isn't there. And uh, so that's the kind of thing that that's about. Other, other than that, uh, my, uh, I have a couple of books that are going to be coming out this year, but Right now, that's the only one that's out there. And that one is not, unfortunately, in the style that my columns are. <laughs> <laughs> it is a uh, great conversation today with the good doctor today here on our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar experience each and every week on lineupmedia.fm at jagshow.com. And, uh, doctor, uh, before we let you go... Uh, Tell us uh, how we can connect with you online and read your columns and, uh, and and just interact with you, my friend. Well, my column, uh, my columns are on uh, the Washington Times community section. Okay. And uh, the Washington Times is, uh, I guess, uh, probably the most uh, the uh, most prestigious. Uh, 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 news, uh, conservative newspaper here in uh, in Washington. Uh, there aren't too many, so we don't. It, it's not a big uh, not a big thing to say. But nevertheless, uh, the other uh, and I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn, and my 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 uh, website is actually uh, going under uh, revival right now, so it's not available. <laughs> Well, well, Doctor, um, I appreciate you spending time with us today here on lineupmedia.fm. Thanks for being with us, and uh, I look forward to more conversations with you as the year goes by here. Very good. I appreciate Happy it. New year. Definitely. You too. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Have yourself a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you. Thank Bye you, Doctor. That, of course, Dr. Lawrence Fedwa here on our Lineup Media presentation. Check us out online, lineupmedia.fm. Also, you'll want to check out jagshow.com. Dr. Lawrence Fedwa, we're going to take a timeout. Come back with Jay Izzo coming up. <laughs> 